believe we've got about seven to eight people employed right now, part-time. You're doing those morning shifts, you're doing those morning shifts, yes, and you should do those morning shifts. And don't look down on where you're doing the morning shift. Guess why? You're different from the people who work there for a life. You're working there for a purpose, for an agenda. You have an agenda. If you have an agenda, then it doesn't make you a Tesco worker. If you have an agenda, it doesn't make you a milkman. If you have an agenda, it doesn't make you an Uber driver. If you have an agenda. But if you make it your life, then yes, you can. When someone asks you, what are you? Then you got to say, hey, I'm an Uber driver. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Uber driver, but I'm just saying if you have bigger dreams than that, then don't make it your life. So my worry was when I went into Nuffield Gym, I went into Nuffield Gym and I spoke to a young man there. And maybe he's in his 40s, young man in his 40s. And I asked him, so, you know, how long have you been here? Or how long have you been doing this? He said to me, I've been here for like almost 20 years. So I was with Pastor Alex and I looked at him and I said, ah, you were here for 20 years. Maybe you were like in your 20s then. So it's like someone at 23 getting a job as the receptionist in Nuffield Gym and no promotion, nothing. You're just a receptionist for 20 years. Now that's not global leadership mindset. Have you ever asked yourself the question, how do people remain in one job for so long without any, any bettering of themselves? There's no promotion in the job, no nothing in the job, but they just stay there. Have you ever asked those questions? I've asked that many times where you see old ladies working in a Tesco or Sainsbury's and they've been there since they were 18. Have you ever asked yourself that? It's a bit weird, right? So yeah, we're cracking down on unemployment in Pulse Nation, but we will not become the jobs that we're taking on because of vision. Vision will not allow us to become the jobs that we're taking up. The jobs we're taking up, because of vision, we're working it for this time. We're working it for this time. Yeah, then it's looked like as an achievement. It's so crazy. <laughs> Ask of me the Nuffield and I'll give you the ends of the gym. <laughs> but you see, my problem is, Pastor Arthur, my issue is, I would be impressed if he started as a receptionist in Nuffield Gym and now owns two Nuffield Gyms after 25 years. If he now owns two Nuffield Gyms after 25 years, because I see someone like a Pastor Belgium or a Pastor James, the raw hustle guys, I see them putting in a lot of work and effort in that world. They should be working in the top gyms. They should be getting experience in the top gyms if they don't have any um, personal training experience. But 30 years later, Pastor James should have his own gym at least. If not a chain of gyms, 30 years later, if not a chain of gyms, Pastor James should have his own gym. It would be a complete failure if Pastor James is not able to give employment to other people, to raise a workforce, to, to create the community unit atmosphere in his own gym now. It would be a complete failure if Pastor James is not able to have worries of employment. 
to have staffing issues in 30 years time it would be a huge disappointment so I'm, I'm, I'm likening the young man to a Pastor James saying to myself okay Pastor James is in his 20s so in 25 years time there are people who just stay they stay as receptionists guess what he knows everything about the gym he knows when the gym has been upgraded. He knows when they, they worked on the toilets. He knows everything. And he keeps on seeing that for 25 years. How would you feel though? Imagine, you're, you know everything. You know when the carpets were changed. You know everything. In fact, you've seen people come and go. You've seen staffs come and go. Can you imagine that kind of life? You've seen stuff come and go. So I'm just thinking, okay, when, when do you then upgrade yourself? When do you then move on yourself? Can I tell you guys a story? So, you know, there was a time in my life. I don't know how many of you guys were in this season as well. <laughs> but there was a time in my life where I was extremely irresponsible. I was extremely irresponsible, guys. Have you ever been in that time in your life? I was extremely irresponsible and I used to get loads of parking tickets. I used to get loads of parking tickets and Pastor Toby used to cuss me all the time. He used to cuss me all the time. Like, what kind of person are you? Why, can you, why are you getting parking tickets like this? I was irresponsible. And I'm just thinking, no, don't worry, I'm just going to sort it out, I'm going to sort it out. But I'll never sort it out. And that time really killed me. I got so many parking tickets, that thing used to kill me, man. Imagine you're making thousands of pounds, but you're giving away thousands of pounds as well. It's an irresponsible time in my life. But the reason I'm sharing this story with you is because I made a friend with a bailiff. <laughs> I know this is mad right now, but listen to me. I made a friend with a bailiff. He kept on coming to my house since I was 21. <laughs> Imagine this. He came to my house when I was 21 and he stopped coming to my house, I think at the age of 28, 28, 29 or something like that. And that was my span of irresponsibility when it came to car tickets. And we became friends because he just kept on coming and I just kept on taking my money. <laughs> that was the truth. Our friendship was birthed on, I was his boss. I was paying his wages through my irresponsibility. And so at a stage, this is uh, at the age of 28, 29 now, the last time I ever saw him, he said to me, because we, we developed a relationship where he, he, he would come and he just smile at the door, he would say, Bro, what's going on? And I'll just be like, I don't know, bro. Like, why are you here? And he'll be like, okay, listen, just give me a hundred pounds today and we'll sort this out later. That's the kind of friend we became. God forbid, it's not a good friend to have, but I'm just sharing a story with you and how irresponsibility kills you. And so, I... One day he's come to my door and he said to me this, he said, can I ask you an honest question? I said, yeah, go ahead. He said, I've been coming here maybe seven years now. 
But one thing I can definitely guarantee is every time I come, every time of your life that I come, you've got a new car. <laughs> so he came when I had a Persian. He came when I had a Golf. He came when I had a Mercedes. He came when I had a, a Range Rover. My first Range Rover was a light blue Range Rover. I don't know if many people remember that. Then he came when I had two Range Rovers. I had two grey Range Rovers outside my house. And then he came when I changed those for the bigger black Range Rover. So he, he said to me, what's going on with you though? Like, how, how are you doing it? He said, my life has been the same. I'm still the same bailiff, bro, from seven years now. But you seem to be doing something. And I, I always remember this conversation and I laughed because in my head, I just thought, I met someone that changed my life. I met someone that changed my life, but how do I communicate that with him? And I didn't know how to. So all I could do was laugh and say, I don't know, bro, I'm just doing good. And he went away and he said, you know what, bro? Take my number, please. Call me, call me, like, put me on something. Guys, it's so important to be progressing. It's so, progress is absolutely vital. Having certain KPIs, take down that, that word, KPIs. Having key performance indicators in your life. KPIs. Do you have key performance indicators in your life? Things in your life you've seen change while something else remained constant. So I met Pastor Toby when I had a Persia. What's remained constant in my life is the word. Spagnation, Pastor Toby, is the word. That's what's remained constant in my life. But everything else in my life has changed. So how do I measure change? Change is the consistency over those things that change, that evolve. Then you can measure and see, okay, how, what, is the, what is the reason for my growth? I'll say that again. You measure your growth by finding out the things that have remained constant in your life. Constant in your life. The word became a constant in my life. And since then, since then there's always been a progress, there's always been a, a bettering, a betterment to myself. So I was speaking to the leaders yesterday in our fund meeting and I'll explain that to you today because today we're just going to talk Pulse, Pulse Nation, everything Pulse Nation. I was speaking to the leaders and I said to the leaders, guys, do you know how touched I am that we can talk about our finances and about the Pulse Nation together with all you as leaders? When I understand that 12 months ago, if we were to have this meeting 12 months ago, we would be having it in my mom's living room because I used to sleep on the couch. I used to sleep on my mother's couch. And it's not because there weren't enough rooms in the house, it's because my room was occupied by Daniel Belgium. I didn't want my parents to kick him out, so I gave Daniel Belgium my bedroom. 
and he can he he will tell you that. So Daniel Belgium slept in my bedroom, and I would sleep on the sofa. I'd take a mat, a duvet, put it on the sofa, and I used to I would come and preach and go back to the sofa. I would come to Spax Nation, the backside service, and come back to the sofa. I would be raising you guys, speaking to you guys, listening to you guys' issues, and helping solve you guys' issues from my mom's sofa. That never deterred me. That never made me feel any inferior. I just had a leader's mindset, and I got that because of following leadership, having a, someone who I followed, someone who I was diligent to learn from. So in my mind, I'm a global leader, regardless of my situation. I'm a global leader in my mind. But what I understand, understood that time in my life is, hey, the constant here is the word. And I wasn't impatient, so I'm seeing progress. East side, from the sofa. Imagine coming to speak to 150 people in East side Fellowship and going back to the sofa. It's so crazy. And I think what we have to teach the third gen or the new second gen, the graduated third gen who are second gen now, what we've got to teach them is how not to be impatient and how to be focused to see things through. Be focused, don't be impatient. Remain in the word till you birth something. That's right, Pastor Nyasha. Remaining in the word till you birth something. So I'm adamant that I remain in the word till I birth the next Pastor Oni for the next season who can speak in Davos, Geneva to billions and, and millions of entrepreneurs, billionaires that I can speak on a global scale. Why? From the place of the word. So I'm looking at the Paul's family and I'm saying, do you guys understand that 12 months ago, just 12 not two years, 12 months ago, we would have had to have this meeting in my mother's living room next to the couch that I slept on. I'm so inspired and motivated by the word. It's the word all the time. And what has Pastor Oni changed? Nothing. It's always just been the word. My concentration on the word, my attentiveness to the word. That a Pastor Stephen comes along, a Pastor Arthur, a Pastor Mariam, these people join the fight called Paul's. Why? Just because of the word. Just because of the word. I'm looking at 150 people in East London. I'm looking at 100 people in South, South London when we were gathering as Paul South, which was Brixton Pauls. That's 100 people. And I went to Lambeth Town center for a government meeting on a tender that they released the government in lambeth released a tender looking for organizations that can solve knife crime and i sat there with pastor daniel ehediwa and we listened to them talk about knife crime in brixton and guess what they brought out a graph and in the graph, they showed how the height of knife crime. Then in a certain year, they showed the dip of knife crime. And they said, knife crime dipped between this year and this year. And we don't know why, but it did. And then they said, but now it's back on the rise. And Pastor Daniel Ehedua looked at me. And Pastor Daniel said, P, 
P.O. That was the birth of Brixton Pulse. I remember the year. And I looked at the year and I realized that the, 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 the aura, the presence of Brixton Pulse in Brixton actually reduced knife crime in Brixton. The pastor Alex's on the street speaking to all the young people in Brixton, the work that we were doing and we are still doing as Pulse community, seeing the effect on a national level, on a community level, seeing the effect black and white, but we couldn't say to them, hey, we are the ones responsible. But we were there to offer advice as an organization that can help the reduction of knife crime because they were just wondering what reduced knife crime in this time though. So I need you guys to understand that that's the pastor only that was given the word that is still the same person. I'm still passionate about the word. I'm still passionate about raising leaders. But all that has changed is what you see around me. Maybe it's a new watch or, or a new whatever, but those things just are come and go things. What's remained constant, what I really attribute to the evolution of a Pastor Oni is the word. Is leadership, following leadership, mentorship. So I want to, I'm not speaking to you guys because we are here on our week of giving, but I need you to understand that this thing that we are working on, Paul's community, it's had so much impact over the years. It's affected so many people over the years. And it still will. We can't stop the fight of giving. We've got to continue the fight of giving. Why? Because our giving has results. It makes impact. Global Economic Impact is the series. So I'm, I'm looking now at the next level of impact I'm expecting from leaders. And what I'm expecting is a Pastor Eben. Happy birthday to you, Pastor Eben. I believe it's your birthday today. Am I correct? If you're on. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about you a little bit then. Just to introduce you to, some, to, to the rest of the family. Not to introduce you because they know you. But I'm looking at leadership now. And I'm saying to leadership now, the next fight for a Pulse community is to raise characters. Raising characters, raising, building leaders now. Yes, we've built a community, but now we've got to build leaders. We've got to build leaders. So how can Pastor Eben emulate something that was left behind as a template by a pastor O. How do you emulate? You cast aside what you think is yourself and look solely to the person that you're looking at. And you begin to shape yourself. Have you ever done your face in front of a mirror? The ladies will probably be very knowledgeable about this. But if you're a guy and you've got good waves on your head, then that means you have some form of vanity. You do do your waves. You do your, your hair, right? Or maybe you got, you got drip. Then that means you watch the way you dress. So you're acquainted with something called a mirror. 
when you're using a mirror, do you look at yourself? No. You look into the mirror. You look ahead of you. Because you believe that by looking ahead, you will see the reflection of what you're looking for. And by looking ahead, you will be able to change the things that exist on yourself. You have that faith and that confidence because you've used a mirror. You do not doubt the likeness of the person you see in the mirror. You don't doubt and say, I'm not sure if this is me. You never say that. You're very confident about the likeness that you see in the mirror. And you start to adjust your life according to the likeness that you see in the mirror. So too is the word. So too is the word. So too is mentorship. You adjust yourself according to what you see. You don't look at yourself. Because if you constantly look at yourself, you will miss places. You won't be able to see your, your top shoulder because you're looking at yourself. It's actually physically impossible. It's impossible to see certain angles of yourself by looking at yourself. But you've got to look at the mirror. And so that was one of the lessons I learned in becoming a global leader is observing the image I saw in the mirror. Not me, but a person in front of me. Keeping my eyes steadfast at who I see in front of me and altering myself. So I'm speaking to the next leaders of the next work. It is raising leaders. Global leaders. How do I become a global leader, Pastor O? I pay attention to what I see in front of me. And I have faith and belief that that is the image I'm looking for. So I can't live a reckless life because many of you look to me as a leader. By God's grace, and I'm thankful that God can use me as that. And that Pastor Toby would say, hey, I want you to lead. So I can't live a life anyhow. I must treat people fairly. I must treat people fairly. I must behave as a father to, to those who are not, don't have fathers. I must behave as an older brother to those who don't understand the concept of an older brother. I'm not allowed to go to sleep with anger still in my bones on any of you. Because I'm, I have to show you guys what leadership looks like. Leadership can't be petty about certain things, right? Can't be petty. A leader who is petty on things is not able to progress. Why? He will fight the person he should partner with. One of my favorite books is a book called Team of Rivals. I don't know if any of you guys know of this book. Team of Rivals speaks about Abraham Lincoln and how he ruled America justly, one of the most notable presidents of the United States. But he sat that seat excellently because his rivals who were stronger than him, he cleverly made partnerships with his rivals. He said, I know you're in competition with me, on finances but I actually recognize that you're stronger in finances than me can we partner and if some of you can adopt that mindset some of you would win more you'd have more wins I don't fight none of you can't fight my own people talk less of fighting people outside 
So I was at the Women of the City event. And in the Women of the City event, the CEO of American Express, she said something that stuck in my mind ever since, and I've shared this with you guys so many times. She said, guys, women are awesome leaders. Women have the traits to be powerful leaders naturally. They're more discerning than men. Discernment is a trait needed for leadership, for global leadership, and women have that almost naturally, almost naturally. There are so many traits women have that men struggle to display. But she said this, she said, but there is one thing about ladies that stops us from being global leaders. She said this with her own mouth. She said, our emotions don't allow us to make partners out of those who we think are our enemies. We make decisions emotionally too many times. Oh no, I don't like that person. Oh no, I don't like this person. You know, we say, do things like that. We say things like, oh, I'm not, this person dishonored me. This person did this. I don't like her because she doesn't say this. I don't like him because... And you have so much emotional build-up on people that you should work with or people you should submit to. And God just screaming to you that you're not ready for global leadership. It's the biggest failure of the, of the gene called woman. She fights who should be her leader and she fights who should be her partner. And the lady said, that's the reason why women suffer from taking the top roles. Yes, Nini. Oh, wow, Pastor Toby said this. Okay. So I'm just affirming to you what you've heard from Pastor Toby. So that means you should probably um, write it down as notes. So women struggle with the top roles because they're unable to partner where they should be partnering. They just want to ride out and go to war all the time. No, ma'am. Keep your emotion to the side. She's better at you in social media. Partner with her. Work with her. No, ma, put your emotions to the side. She's not someone to fight. She has more contacts than you. No, ma, don't fight this lady. She's not someone for you to fight. She knows how to present hard things on, on complicated things in front of people. He said, emotion is the greatest enemy to wisdom and understanding. Wow. And that's where I'm going exactly today. So, the ladies are ahead. And I didn't watch your scope. I wasn't even allowed to be on your scope. So, so why would global leaders hold themselves back? They hold themselves back because of emotional traits or certain things that you should put aside. Some guys are emotional even. Some guys go, ha, that P.O. Let me tell you something. I'm not someone to fight. I'm someone to partner with. I'm not someone to fight. God bless all those who have partnered with me because they see the, the result. I'm not someone to fight. I say that with all humility. Oh, that P.O., he can be a bit funny though. We don't really know what happens in that camp. Or we don't know what goes on in his mind. He's a bit... No, partner with those because you don't know what they bring to the table. That's leadership. That's global leadership. 
You know, at the scale of presidency, you can't fight anyone because that just starts a world war. And so the fear we have in making a woman our president is she's just going to go guns blasting and start World War III. Why? The Prime Minister of Finland has been taunting her with loops. And she thinks that lady has an agenda to steal her husband. How? So that's the fear. So ladies, you got a lot to rub off you. I see crazy things. Ladies don't greet each other. You just do, you know that face. Don't just walk past. Showing you're busy. You're not busy, man. You got nothing to do. You're not busy. I'm right in front of you. Just say hi. I'm not the one to fight. Ma, you're not busy on the phone. Don't pretend like you're on the phone. You're not busy on the phone, ma. Just say hello. I remember two young ladies. I consider them daughters, but because I know how ladies thing is, when I told them off and I used some strong words on them, when they saw me, they just, they just put their head to the side. I just laughed and greeted them. Hey, how are you? You okay? And uh, they blanked me. Mm. I said, mm, mm. I said, mm. Mm. If it's not today, maybe in 10 years' time, you'll still be there. You'll be here speaking with me because you understand this is not someone to fight. This is someone to partner with. So ladies omit themselves from top roles because of the inability to remove emotion. So global leadership is extremely, extremely vital that you keep on training yourself, guys, for leadership. To be the light in the community, to lead. How do I know that I'm conducting myself properly in a morning job, a morning work? I'm doing, P.O., I'm doing a morning job in Sainsbury's. How do I continue training myself as a global leader in an atmosphere like Sainsbury's? And this is what I say to you. Don't make too many friends with all the workers. Make friends with all the leaders there, all the managers. Begin to speak with the managers. Begin to, to gain influence amongst the management. When you have influence amongst the management, come back down to the staff level and speak to people. You're gonna hear someone say something like, oh man, I just wish I could get one extra shift because I want to be able to buy my children so-so-so thing for their birthday. I need more shifts. And because you have influence now on the management level, you just climb back up and say, hey guys, um, we need more shifts, especially to these kind of people. And they say, okay, well, we're looking at giving more shifts. Who do you suggest? And then you just throw the person's name on them. What you're practicing there is the ability to represent two worlds. Global leadership training can, does not stop. It can be practiced anywhere. Don't listen to people that say, oh no, this guy's working a crap. No, there's no such thing as a crap job. It's your inability to see and find opportunities to keep training yourself. How do I continue training myself even in situations that look like I can't continue training? Joseph in the prisons, at the point of prison, what is God trying to get out of him? God needs a man who can understand the life of those who are, who are represented unjustly. Remember that he was surrounded by the baker and the butler. 
And these men were appealing their case to Joseph, saying, we don't deserve to be here. We once used to be loyal servants. Imagine coming into leadership and you don't know how to represent those who feel hard done by. Some of you guys, some of you guys feel, oh, I don't feel like people get me. And that's probably why you draw to a PO because he's going to listen to you and say, okay, I understand you. Or you're going to draw to a pastor Toby because he's going to listen to you and understand you. Or you're going to draw to a pastor Sam. The ability for a leader to shift, to represent the people at certain times is a trait. How do you learn that? You must be amongst the people who others deem as unworthy. So jobs are important. Don't live your lifetime without having a job. I didn't say career. Without having a J-O-B. A J-O-B is that work that you don't really class as something to boast about when someone asks you, what do you do? <laughs> you know, what do you do is like a normal phrase in Spat Nation. Hey, what's your name? What do you do? Hey, what's your name? What do you do? So, although you may feel shameful to say, ah, oh, I'm a cleaner in da 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 da, but my friend, if your agenda is global leadership, now rise on the waves of the difficulty of working in such an environment. Can you wake early? Have you ever seen someone become a president and start looking fresher? Have you ever seen someone become a prime minister and start having more drip? Have you ever seen someone become a, a, a governor and start looking fancy? Only in Africa. <laughs> Only in Africa because they don't lead there. They're not leading there. They're oppressing. But somehow... You become president of the United States and your wardrobe is one color suit, one color shirt, one color tie, and that same American badge. No one in power looks nice. Wow, really? This is interesting. And I didn't know any of this stuff, but I'm, I'm happy that I'm recording. So Donald Trump wakes up every morning, the same suit, the same shirt, not the same literally, but the same color arrays of them the same white shirt the same red tie the same badge why it's just that focus of saying hey this is you right now your main worry is unemployment not how you're going to match your tie with your socks your main worry now is stopping riots in chicago not how to match your pocket square with your shirt so I, I, for me personally, and I don't mean everyone should do this, but I, I, just, I just decided one day, I don't want to be too complicated. I want to take up that, adopt that uh, mindset also. So most of what I wear is a certain color just to help me. I'm not saying it's not a spooky thing, guys. You don't have to do it. It's not some spooky thing. It's just what I do. It helps me. I can throw on anything and just say, right, I'm ready to act. What I want to do is change my watch, change jewelry, change car, change house. I don't want to be too bothered in the changing of my shirt. I want white Balmain, white Valentino, um, white Louis Vuitton. I want that. But my, I, I don't want to be saying to myself, okay, do I wear the green with the red? I, that's just not me. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that's just not me. The mindset of global leadership should be studied, guys. Congratulations to you, Pastor Memuna. I heard that you got 
a job with the NHS, congratulations. It's not your end point. It's your beginning point. It's not your end point. It's your beginning point. So I want to go into your word right now. Because if I don't go into the word, then this is just all motivation. I'm not a motivation speaker. I'm a pastor. Genesis chapter 41. Genesis chapter 41. Yeah. See, sometimes you think I don't read your messages, but I do. It's just the time to respond sometimes is limited. Genesis chapter 41 from verse 33 to 57. I, I don't think I need to read all that, but let's just see. If you follow me there, it says, Now, this is Joseph speaking to Pharaoh. Joseph says, and now, if you have a highlighter, quickly just highlight that. Quickly highlight this bit. It says, and now, let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man, man meaning man or woman, and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. So what does it take to be in charge of your domain, global leaders? What does it take for you to be in charge of your industry, global leaders? It takes discernment and wisdom. Wisdom is the study of the word and the study of your craft, the practicing of your craft. Discernment is, is given by the Holy Spirit for you to be able to see past what eyes can't see, what's not obvious. You know, global leaders are able to spot things that are not obvious. You should have the trait of spotting things that are not obvious. So, you know what worries me? is already when a young man does things like leaving things in funny locations and he's like, oh, sir, I didn't see it. Oh, sir, I, I didn't notice that it's there. And I'm thinking, how don't you notice though? That's, that, I find that strange. Really. So the ability to have, the ability to be able to spot what is not obvious is global economic impact is that trait I know Pastor Eben can become a global leader if somehow amongst her wisdom in healthcare and amongst her wisdom of the world she can also spot the things that are not obvious in her industry for example it is not obvious that Pastor Oni should leave trading and go and tackle security. It's the discernment of the Holy Spirit that said, now get into security because that's what the finance world will need. I didn't know that, but it's discernment that leads. So filling yourself with the word allows God to give you the spirit of discernment because it's a trait of the Holy Spirit. God is looking for leaders who can rule in Egypt. Because remember, God did not give any specific land to the church. 
when, when Peter built his church, when God built his church, sorry, he said, Peter, on this rock, I build my church. Did he point a venue to Peter? No. Talk to me, guys. Did he point out to Peter the building, Ash's house, and say, on this building, I build my church? Did he point out Hilton Bankside? What other venue have we used? Do you remember the Battersea venue? Paul's Battersea venue. Do you remember that Battersea venue, Paul's, with the helicopter in the background? Wow. Such a powerful venue. I love that venue, you know. I'm giving the word and helicopters are landing and flying on my days. I wish someone had taken that on video. But he didn't look at that venue and say, on this, in this building, I build my church. He looks at Peter and he goes... Yeah, it was lit. He looks at Peter and he goes, on this rock, on you, on you, Peter, I build my church. On you, I build my church. God's church is global. It's movable. It's movable. It can take, take shapes and form. Why? Because it's people. So God takes wise men and puts them in charge of the land of Egypt puts them in charge of the cities of Babylon. Why are you so quick leaders to judge Babylon when you should be managing them? When you should be leading them? The stray sheep called Babylon, the stray sheep called Egypt, why are you persecuting those sheep and telling them to give their life to Christ when you should be their shepherd? Is it not easier to carry the stray sheep than to lead it back? Why can't you rise in your industry, gain wisdom and be filled with discernment and go there and manage things and say, what you're doing here is wrong. This is how to do it right. This is how to please the Lord. They don't know how to please the Lord because they don't know him. Global leaders, God is raising you guys, not for um, dancing up and down on Sunday service, but there are cities to take. The next revival is a revival of cities. He put Joseph in charge of the land of Egypt. He put Joseph, Joseph in charge of the land. So the next revival is what? Is taking over the cities. How do you take over the cities? I was speaking to the leaders. Make sure you're taking notes, guys. I take a city by creating House of Medics Part 2. I don't need financial deposit anymore to have House of Medics Part 2. It is not according to the word. How you take the next house is by the Spirit of God. By, by winning the Joseph in that house. Let me explain it to you. Every Potiphar's house has a Joseph. That is how you take Egypt. Look for Joseph in Potiphar's house. You will find him. Keep on giving the word, soul snatches the family. Keep giving the word, keep raising your level till you find Joseph in each house. Guess what? And how do you build your own communities? In each house is a social media person. In each house is a media person who's a Joseph. Oh my goodness. Listen. I can have an army of Josephs called to media if I continue to be excellent in media, gaining wisdom, gaining discernment, 
I can keep on replicating my media army, picking the Josephs from all the houses in Egypt, all the houses in London, thousands of houses in London. Don't be concerned about those who abuse you on social media. When there are thousands of houses in London, millions of houses in London, millions of houses in North, in the Northern, Northern United Kingdom, in the Newcastles, the Birminghams, the revival is on its way. How does a man fight his own son? How does a man fight his own daughter when police are breaking down our doors but they realize their son and daughters in the house? Believe me, that's how we stop injustice. When the police officer has to go home and see that his son is tuned into Spat Nation, his son is tuned into a pulse community, Inside the homes, we bring the word. You bring control over atmosphere inside the homes. How? By just the giving of the word. But God gives the word to global leaders, those who have the stature of wisdom. He said, and then the child Jesus grew in wisdom. He grew strong. That's how you want to grow. You don't want to grow in height. Growing in height is beautiful, is nice. It makes some black Twitter girls like you. Black Twitter girls like six foot ten. I wonder what you're doing with a human being that's six foot ten. But they like those things. No, don't be concerned about those things. Be concerned more about your growing in stature in wisdom. Growing in stature in those things that you can bring progress in your community now. Global leadership. The concern of a pastor, Dr. Emma, is the world is slowly waiting for me to manage a piece of land in Egypt. Pharaoh will soon come by the permission of God, looking for someone to manage. But I have to now grow in wisdom and display discernment in the emergency rooms. Display discernment in the operating theaters so that I can be given responsibility. Take that down. Global leaders don't shy from responsibility. In your houses, the first thing you notice about people is the inability to own up. One thing I've noticed in the houses is there is this international Holy Spirit. He exists in every trap house and he does spooky things like leaving plates under bed. Hey, guy, who left that plate there? It's not me, sir. But it's your bed, yes, sir. So, who left it there? I don't know, sir. Is this, there's, this, there's this ghost that exists in all the trap houses that just keeps on <laughs> offending. And he's not offending with Fendi. He's just an offender. Your inability to take on responsibility is already a sign that you're very far from global leadership. Because global leadership is all about responsibility. The blessing of God comes with a responsibility. He eats our food, yeah? Stealing things from the fridge. So, I'm saying, I said KPIs in the beginning so that you can have key performance indicators, things that show you progress in your house and in yourself as an individual. Your ability to carry a responsibility and see it through. 
I'm just wondering about a, a lady who is not able to grow in her responsibility. She believes that the power of God comes by an anointing that makes your body shake and move. The power of God don't come by the anointing that makes you shake and move. It is just a sign of the Spirit of God. It is not the full understanding that you're now operating in the Spirit. But now we want to say, after the laying of hands, did responsibility increase in your life? Did responsibility increase? Did you go from, from, from doing things just on your own on a laptop to now leading a shepherd's media? I think we all remember shepherd's media and the things they covered for um, Joby wedding. And look now what a shepherd's media is doing now. Very excellent recordings, very excellent taking us through the, the services. Many of you don't even miss meeting up in venue because of how excellent media has become, but they got to keep on getting better. It is the reason of responsibility. Show me a man diligent in his works and he will stand before kings. A king has no understanding of mediocre work. From birth, a king has only understood excellence and top performance. So when a king invites someone to his court, it is someone who is skilled. Do you remember the word according to the Bible for, for David? When Saul suffered from an evil spirit. Just write these down and go to the, the chapters yourself because I don't have much time. When Saul suffered from an evil spirit, they said, Master, let us bring you someone who is able to play. But we know of a man, the son of Jesse, is skillful with the harp. Skillful. He knows how to play that thing. What invited David into the court of kings to start learning about global leadership is his skillfulness as a musician. His skillfulness as a musician is what invited him. So if you're still talking about spending time improving yourself in what you know you should already be doing, you're wasting time. Some of you know that what you should be doing now is being in the Word. And that's all you should do. Just remain in the Word and grow in that knowledge and understanding. Some of you know you're doing something. You're, you're a media te tech person or a photographer. So you, you must now aspire to keep on changing your style. Perfecting your style. Why? Because the King only invites skillful people. I want you all to be ready for global economic impact. Understanding that Paul's community is not a church. It is registered as a CIC. It is for the community. So if we're going to be able to serve the community, we need to raise excellent people. People who are able to serve within the community and be noted and notable for their service. Service is rewarded. Why worry about money when you haven't yet worried about the level of service you provide? Why do you worry about money when you've not yet worried about the level of service that you provide? Make your service excellent. I had a meeting this week with Pastor Bayo and Pastor Martin because we're starting our cybersecurity division. And we had the meeting with 
a, a, a man who is 40 years in the industry and I'm confident in this meeting in fact we're having that meeting today I'm confident in having the meeting with the man because guess what Pastor Oni has been doing for the last few weeks I've been learning how to code I went on Amazon and I took a small 200 pounds or so I bought myself a laptop and I've been learning how to code myself in my room and understanding the jargons, the lingos, the understanding of that so that I can engage in a conversation and woo, you know the word woo, entice the person to partner with us. But I must look knowledgeable. I must look effective in my work. And I won't stop. What I want to do is raise a global brand. Something that you can see on the news in being employing thousands of people as a workforce but what would that take that would take someone a global leader who's able to go down to the grassroots and learn come to the middle office and learn and go to the front desk and learn to the high places so i'm qualified you know why i believe i'm qualified i've carried boxes in fedex i've carried boxes when 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 i was carrying boxes and Razim and pastor ray was saying to me no 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 sir please don't carry the box. And I, I look at them and say, leave me to carry the box. These guys don't know who Pastor Oni is. I need to look. I need to look right now that I understand this atmosphere. So I'm packing and throwing in. I'm packing and aligning. And then I get in a cab, come home. I had to do that for that time. Guess what? Now we have offers from everywhere in, in logistics. Pastor Kevin is now at UPS offers in logistics we don't we don't beg for work anymore but i'm telling you guys i'm telling you when we started we didn't have any contracts global leaders stick at something long enough till it becomes something some i noticed that people give up on things three months in four months in a young man gave up on us four months in so i can't do this work anymore and i said it's fine it's okay we've not even done 12 months of work and you're giving up You've not even been at your craft 12 months. So if you want to see the test on how to invest in something, find out how long the person has been diligently in that space, creating results, consistency and resilience. That's right. Look, how long has he really been on this journey? How long? Match that up. Match that up now. Let me tell you something. A hundred thousand pounds can't change your life. 10,000 pounds can't change your life. You know, the government's given support to businesses. But they know. You know why they give the support? Let me give you an insight into economics. They know that most of the people they're given to are irresponsible people. They're not global leaders. Think about it. Would the government gladly dash money to Alan Sugar? No. Because they're scared of what he will do with it and what he can become with it. Facebook today is in so many lawsuits. Why? The boy has risen from just being a website to now he wants to make his own currency. Guess who rules the world? If he has his own currency and his nation called Facebook is bigger than the US. It has more citizens than the US more signups than the US 
If he makes his own currency, guess who becomes the most powerful person? Is it the United States or Mr. Zuckerberg? Mr. Zuckerberg becomes more powerful. So for people like that, they don't give him money. They, they, they're taking him to court. They're taxing. They, they're onto him. They're, they're making restrictions. They don't want him to launch his currency. He's a threat because he's consistent. He's resilient. He has proof of creating. He has proof of result. But the government knows that, ah, there's millions of people who have no proof of result. They're like poor people. And when they see 50K, 100K, 25K, 10K, 3K, furlough, 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 they're going to jump at it and they're going to go, ah, I'm rich, I've made it. Oh, I've made it. Ah, P.O. Oh, I've made it. I've done, uh, I've got the furlough grant. Oh, and you're just, they believe their life has changed. But the government is just smiling. It's saying, listen, in five years time, we, the government, will still be around. In 10 years time, we, the government, will still be around. Our children will still be in power in 20, 30 years time. But what would have happened to your, your grants or your loan? You would have finished it by then. They, they believe you would have finished it by then. They have no encourage, no, nothing in their heart tells them that you will build anything of value. So they freely give or they supposedly seemingly freely give. Why? They don't want to invest in global leaders. They want to invest in mediocrity because they know mediocrity will pay them on the long run. The government sits down and says, how do I make sure my son, he's eight months old, little Boris Johnson now, how do I make sure that he's still eating money from this community? Let me give them a supposed loan. Let me give them these schemes because I know they don't have excellence in there. And eventually they will pay more daily with their life on the long run. So be warned and be careful, guys. Unless you have the mindset of global leadership, some money is actually a bondage. So you've got to be careful. You've got to make sure you order your house carefully, diligently. Someone don't give you something for free and, don't, and is not looking forward to chase you even to the grave. Mortgage is loan that, does, that it's only by death. Mortgage, go look it up. It's only by death you can break the, 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 the tie of mortgage. So it's not something you take on and give glory to God. Black Twitter, they get houses on mortgage and they give glory to God. They take a picture of their key. Oh, see the key. They don't do like us. We do that for our trap houses and it's fine. We just pay the rent and move on. But they're doing that for, for, more, for long till death. It's fine if you are a global leader. If your mind has changed and refined and you know how to build. As I begin to round up, let us just focus on that verse 33. And now, yeah, holding up the key of bondage is their handcuff. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. The biggest resource you have around you, global leaders, is what? One another. One another. You are the biggest resource you have around you. All global leaders should be well trained in human management, human resource management. Check the way you treat people around you. Check the way you treat leaders and those who are seemingly weaker than you. Check. 
and then you know how you're progressing as a global leader. I will not struggle to give honor to anyone that is appointed as my leader. It is even a sign of strength and power to me to show that I am humble and I submit to leadership. It is a sign for me to say that I'm fully under a Pastor Sam leadership. I'm fully under a Pastor Dami leadership. It's a sign of strength to me to show my guys that we are under this leadership. It is fine. But what about you? What about you though? Do you struggle to show that? If you struggle to show honor to leadership, then God has not yet blessed you with the ability to create frameworks. Write that down. Framework is order. No disorderly person can create frameworks. So when, you, when God blesses you with the wisdom to create framework, order, how systems should run, then it means that in your life also, there is an order there is a system there. You're, you're now displaying in your inner life and portraying it out to the world. That's how God picks his leaders. God wants to make David king over his nation because he's seen how David treats the sheep. How David treats the lamb. Even the lamb that strayed. Even the runaway lamb that don't believe in David and thinks there's a greener pasture somewhere else. He sees how David treats it. How David goes after him, risks his life to kill the bear, to take it back. He sees that. And he says, this guy can lead a nation. I'm looking at a young man whose tracksuits are still on his knees. So we don't want to see your boxes. And the boxes are never clean. It's always brown boxer or funny things that they wear. We don't want to see those stuff. It's global leadership here. It's not cool. It's not cool. It's not a culture. It is a poverty mind. It is a poverty mind for us to be seeing your Calvin Klein sticking out, sir. Not even Calvin Klein, Primark brand. So how do we transform out of that? How do we transform out of that? It is just paying attention to training. When the word is training you, imagine Pastor Toby sagging his trouser. It's just so silly. It's so, it's so, it's so terrible. I'm so sorry. I don't like that thing. It's so bad. You know, at a stage, I, I, I don't sit on seats when I see someone sagging their thing. I just say, okay, that seat there, I'm not going to sit on it. Because you sat there with your pants. You sat there with your underwear. You didn't sit there with your, with your trousers. I don't know how long you've worn the thing for. So I just marked the chair and I said, I'm never sitting on that chair. I keep telling Charlie these things. Hey, guy, pull up your trousers because it's not cute. You don't look cool or something. It's, you look very dumb, very, very dumb. Those little things can just mark someone and you're just thinking, okay, if they don't even know how to wear trousers, how am I sure they know how to pay bill or they know how to be attentive to paperwork or they can run a company? I don't know. These are just my thoughts. Maybe I'm wrong. You can say P.O.'s old school. I'm just thinking and speaking with you. Leaders. Leaders 
are pillars of responsibility. Oh, I'm carrying a responsibility for my giving. I'm conscious of the giving of the post family or the post nation or the SPAC nation. I'm conscious of the giving. And I, I practice that so God doesn't make me an individual. You know, when you're only conscious of your own giving, then God just says, deal with this person individually. But if, you're, if, you're, if your consciousness begins to grow out and span wider, God gives you more responsibility. We're approaching our giving time, our giving club time, and you're going to see messages in the group chat. You're going to see the bank details that you should give with. And it's our givers club. Those of you who want to register as 500 pound givers, you can do so. It's our givers club. I'm on a private scope right now so I can speak to you guys. So I expect people to just say, hey, sir, we're not giving up on a certain fight. We're going to keep on pushing because I just want you to know there are, God creates areas in your life to keep on showing that you're able to take what you call the next level, the next boundary, the next, the next level kind of thing of leadership. Are you able to get into the next level of leadership now? A young lady is stacking shelves in Sainsbury's, but she's not a Sainsbury worker. She's the next advisor for Sierra Leone. How does she remain being the next advisor for Sierra Leone? She makes sure her giving is a national giving. She's not giving as an individual. Her mind is thinking of the nation of Sierra Leone and what she's supposed to represent, not as a Sainsbury worker, but as the advisor of a nation. And she begins to push the boundary. Let your giving remind you of who you are. That's what your seed is for. Somebody believes that he's meant to be doing media. You know, I believe Dr. Eugene should have contracts with Warner Brothers. Shepherd's Media should get contracts with Warner Brothers. All these shows that we watch, I was watching Justice League last night. Justice League last night. And I, after watching Justice League, I said to myself, oh, this CGI thing, Doc can do this thing. Pastor Dari can do this thing. I know they can. But it's just, it's not, by, it's not by buying better equipment. Because guess what? You can never beat anyone in equipment. There will always be someone who is better than you in equipment. There's, that's just the truth. Listen, life doesn't lie to us. <laughs> there will always be someone better than you in something. So, nowhere to put your focus. Your focus means, can we push the boundary and keep reminding ourselves that we are not just two guys sitting in PT's office. We're not just two guys sitting in PT's office. We are a brand, a global brand. So now let our giving reflect who we are. That's how I want you to give this month. Let it reflect. Do you want to give as Stephen or do you want to give as Stephen? This is PT. Stephen, in you is 5,000 people. Did you hear that, Stephen? Stephen, is you, is 5,000 people. Okay, so now are you going to give us Stephen or are you going to give us Stephen in you, is 5,000 people? That's just how I need you to carry yourself. I just want you to carry yourself. Are you going to write lyrics as Stephen 
Or you're going to write lyrics as Stephen, in you is 5,000 people. We still have the sound cloud there. If you, if you don't remember. So what are you going to give us? What are you going to live your life as? How are you going to keep your mind? Let me tell you something. Even without Jesus Christ, even without Jesus Christ, and I say this boldly, in my culture, where I'm from, it is in my blood to be a billionaire. It's, it's a blood matter. It's not like I'm praying about it. So with the Holy Spirit now on top, there's no way in this world I should not be trillionaire. There's no way. It's like, let me tell you guys something. My uncle, as in someone who I can go to his house, that's how billionaire in my culture and in my, exactly from where I'm from in Nigeria, exactly from that place, billionaire is, is we don't boast about them. This, we have the most billionaires in the country. It's like, just by the way, so, you can't brag about billionaire. My uncle's like got his own oil rig and all those things. That's just uncle that's just down the road. My, my, my mother's um, brother. So, I'm saying to myself, with the Holy Spirit now, why, why is these things like foul? No, I can't think like that. I've got to give and live and behave as someone who's aware of where by there's no stopping me where I'm going to end. I know what I'm going to end. As a financial pillar to, to the work of God, to the gospel of Christ, as a financial pillar, I know. 100 billion, trillion, gazillion percent. There's no, believe me, I'm not believing God for it. I'm not believing God for it. It is in my call. <laughs> God had put it in my call. So I live that way. When you see me speaking and acting in a certain way, just say that's billionaire that's how billionaire is so just just know when when you see that i find it hard to look at certain situations in a certain way just know okay he's looking at this from the point of view of a billionaire simple 